Hello everybody, welcome to a new podcast episode. Today I invited Simply, the SM64 runner, a really, really good SM64 runner. And right away, this episode went a little weird, like not in a bad way, but my OBS and, oh no, my, my Discord and my PC crashed two times during this recording. So I cut together the parts where my PC crashed and my Discord crashed. So I cut them out. So if something sounds weird to you, um, that's the reason. Like if we, if we break in the middle of a sentence, that's the reason because of it. Otherwise, this episode was very brilliant. Um, I will say when one of these cuts happened uh, during the episode, like I will post edit uh, a voice section into it saying here the, the Discord crash happened. So yeah, I hope that's no problem for you and enjoy the episode. It was a really, really good one. We talked about um, competitive speedrunning and mindset, hand issues, a lot of cool stuff. Hello everybody, my name is Wojfan77, the host of this podcast, and I have another great guest here. It's Simply from the SM64 community, I think anybody of you knows him, but if you don't know him, Simply, let's introduce yourself. Hello, I am Simply, I speedrun Mario64, I specialize in 120 star speedruns, I'm going for the world record, and I'm grinding every day, I also like to do commentary. Commentary in what regard? Like, um, like just oh, in GSA means like, do you mean do you talk about GSA in that point? Yeah, GSA, and also I've run several of my own tournaments, and currently I'm running a oh, okay. All Signs tournament, and that's uh, almost done. I, I, I've I've watched that video, like talking <laughs> about the All Signs tournament. Well, that's great. Um, so you you already said you are like tournaments running tournaments in the speedrun scene. We will talk about that. But first of all, how did you like got into the speedrun scene? Where did you start? When did you start it? And yeah, just just tell us about that. Sure. So before speedrunning, I was really into League of Legends, and I was only watching League of Legends streamers, and I was watching them on own 3D TV, and then that shut down. And I was like, well, where'd they move to? And they moved to Twitch. So I came to Twitch to watch League of Legends, but I stumbled upon Sid because he was like, at the time, one of, if not the biggest streamer on Twitch. Like for a, for a short period there, Sid was like the king of Twitch. At least it felt like, like he was getting <laughs> viewers that no one else gets with Mario 64, like 10,000 easy, 15,000 on a run. Wow, like, okay, that's absurd. And I played the game as a kid and I, I was pretty fascinated and so, I never really intended to speedrun it, but I downloaded an emulator. Sorry, I got a stuffy nose. And tried it out, tried out some tricks, and I was like, you know, this is pretty fun. I'll try to do a run. And then just kind of kept going, and here I am. Cool. Yeah, Siglenic, for, for all people not knowing, if you watch like all the GDQ marathon runs, uh, he's like one of the uh, founding fathers of the SM64 GDQ and like one of the coolest earlier people in the speedrunning scene maybe, maybe we can talk yeah. about that in another episode but yeah cool cool to see that you found out about speedrunning because of sick limit so yeah i think you already said it in in some way what, what was your motivation behind speedrunning and how did it start it like you, you started speedrunning because of sick limit you, you you tried out a little bit here and there and that got you rolling but how did you come from that point to you know making like um other speedrun content like streaming it a lot you you basically a full-time streamer as far as i know yeah. um and you create also content on YouTube around speedrunning. So how did you come from just starting out as a speedrunner to that point? Well, for the longest time, it was pretty much just a speedrunner, no side content. Um, there was a point where I made a couple brief tutorials just because I wanted to help people out with mm -hmm. things that took me a while to learn and just kind of give back to the community. But the main motivation is just it's kind of self 
fulfilling. It's like uh, you just keep the ball rolling. Like when you PB, it just gives you such a burst of emotions and, and feelings that you just keep going. And the game, it's just, it's always a new challenge. Like it never, it never stops. You know, as soon as you PB, it's like automatically set up for you to have, okay, now I have this new challenge of yeah. you know, beating that PB. And so it's like always got you going for a better time. And that that's enough to keep me, keep me at it. Yeah, I think it's it's like really important to see like every PB as a new opportunity. Like, oh shit, now I need to learn new strategies. Otherwise, I will never be consistently able to beat this new PB. Um, I think I think every every speedrunner can relate to that basically. Um, and yeah, you said already one thing I I really like about like the speedrunning community in general that so many people are generous to help others out because speedrunning in in like the first place can be quite tricky to get into or some things can be really difficult. So yeah. You also had a podcast, as far as I know. So, can you maybe talk about that? Because I think you and Cheese, you you approached the speedrunning topic as a whole in a very, like, unique way back then, at least. Where because you not only talked about how how you can like strategize and run better, but you you also like to talk about like how to practice efficiently and mindset stuff. So maybe you can tell us a little bit about the time from that, because I think that was like partly a motivation for me to do this as well. Yeah, the Two Dads podcast with Cheese. Well, it started out because I had to take a break from Mario because of my hand pains, which we'll talk about later. Yeah, but definitely. I was like, well, okay, now I have this six-hour slot that's open up in every day. Like, what do I do at this time? So that's when I discovered that I liked commentating, and, and GSA wasn't even a thing at that point. It was for um, speed run. Oh, I don't even remember what it's called. I think they're still around, but I, they do, like, randomized tournaments and speed stuff. Speed gaming? Yeah, speed gaming. Speed gaming. Speed gaming tournaments. I did commentator commentary for them, and the podcast was just another thing to, you know, give it a shot. See, because I know I like talking with people, and so the way that we did it, um, me and Cheese, looking back, both agree. You know, we would want to do it differently. It was very much like we always had the same set of questions for everybody, and just kind of got got boring. And we kept. It was just like, you know, how'd you get into speed running? What's your What's your plans? What are you doing right now? We didn't really talk too much about other things, but yeah, it was fun to just get to know people a little bit better mm. and where they came from uh, around the community. And because she's is, you know, kind of a big dad, we were able to get a lot of cool people on the podcast. And it was pretty fun. Yeah. Yeah. I think you, you already say like something I have to struggle with. Like it's, it's sometimes so difficult to make every episode unique because like, yeah, you want to know how do people start speedrunning, but what is like something unique they can talk about? And I think you can talk about like a lot of unique things, especially the next point. Uh, you already said it, the um, hand issues you had, like you actually mm -hmm. got, I, I have no idea what really happened to you. So I think you can just explain like what was the hand issue and how did it infect or affected your speedrun journey and how did sure, it ha so, happen? Yeah, so I started speedrunning in 2012 and then okay. I had been, yeah, I had been on and off for a while and no pain or anything. And then I started playing Melee in 2015. And I played Marth. And I played Marth for a year and that was fine. But honestly, this was a stupid reason to switch to Fox, but I did it because I wanted people to shut up. So basically the club that I played at, um, people were getting upset with my Marth. They were like, nah, bro, he, he just, it's just because it's Marth. He can't play like Fox or anything. So I switched <laughs> to Fox and I just kept clapping cheeks. But like, and I liked Fox, but like, I wasn't able to keep it going. Like I wanted to, I wanted to like take Fox to the next level, 
and learn all the crazy tech, but practicing that stuff, actually, it's like very intense on your hands. Yeah. And so my hands started getting like tired. They started burning and then like burning sensations. I was like, man, I can't, I don't think I can do this anymore. And I was talking with sick limit because I know that he had, had hand issues at the time. And um, he's basically like, yeah, I just kind of got to take a break. And so I did that. And then I tried to come back to Mario. And then that was like when I really thought I was about to get a world record. I was like really close. It was going to happen. I was feeling good. And then the pain got to be too much. And it was, it was like I couldn't do anything. Like doing dishes hurt. Like writing notes in class hurt. Everything hurt. Life okay. just sucked. Crazy. Mm-hmm. And I had went to multiple doctors and that was in, I think that was 2017, 2017 or 2018 when I ultimately uh, got to the point where I was like, yeah, I can't play anymore. And I got multiple diagnoses that I had like tendonitis, carpal tunnel, uh, cubital tunnel still in this hand. I don't know if it's still there. I'd be interested to get a diagnosis, but yeah, I tried everything. I tried a bunch of stretching, icing, taking breaks, uh, strengthening everything that they recommended and the only thing that provided me any kind of relief was strengthening and it was only a little bit i was still only able to play for like maybe an hour or two before i was like oh my hands and then a viewer i i had done these streams where it was just stretching i called it stretch gang where people would just come and i was just chatting while i was stretching my hands and like because i just thought i wanted to stream and talk to people but i didn't really i couldn't like do anything yeah. without being in pain and so a viewer recommended a book called The Mind-Body Prescription, which is basically a book about how your emotions can play a key role in, especially repressed emotions, can play a key role in chronic pains like back pain, uh, arm pain, carpal tunnel, stuff like that. And so at that point, I tried everything. So I was like, all right, well, I'll give it a shot. We'll see what happens. And within a week of reading the book, I was basically painless and back to playing Mario. And I, I, I was like, oh, my God, this is absurd. Like, all I had to do was just address these things going on in my life, like in my unconscious, take a take a real look at, you know, reflection on what I'm dealing with. And it hasn't come back since. I've been playing for four, four or five months now. Pretty much four to eight hours a day, no pain at all, nothing, just feels fine. I stopped stretching, I stopped strengthening. I was doing that stuff every day for months with a little bit of relief, and now mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm chilling. Man, I love this story, because I'm I'm a big, like, um, fan of, like, so much is going on just inside our head, and we can change so much if we just subconsciously think in different ways and your story is like the perfect example for this i i find this so crazy um i i can see like you did you probably get like a lot of people who who like were a little like disbelieving you in in some regard like oh it can't just be you think like reading that book and all of a sudden it changes like isn't that like kind of wasn't that kind of strange to like some people around you or even to yourself yeah i mean honestly it was something that i had thought about in the past but I never really believed it. I just had thoughts like, man, can you, can you just heal yourself mentally? Mm-hmm. And that's like a key of it. That's like a part of it. But I didn't, I didn't realize like the repressed emotions was a part of it, but yeah, people, people came in. There wasn't really too many people who didn't, didn't like believe it or whatever. Pain is a weird thing. because you can't show someone and be like, yeah, see, look, it's hurting. Like you just tell yeah, people. Yeah, it, you... So you just, but I mean, I, I know what I felt. It was definitely like, it's just like unplayable just not fun and so there's definitely some people who were like yeah that makes no sense which 
fair enough. You don't have to believe it. It worked for me. Mm-hmm. So that's all that really matters, I guess, at the end of the day. So would you say you, you pain your hand pain really started because you tried to push yourself too far too far beyond limits or was it like something you couldn't really avoid because of like how your body was built up like i don't know maybe maybe you can say that uh, because i, I think it yeah go go ahead Sorry. yeah i think it started with melee like i think i think i mean it's weird because looking back maybe it was going to happen no matter what just the way that i was like treating myself emotionally maybe it was just bound to happen but i feel like it was accelerated because i mean it's it's mental right so it's like i know that going into melee and i've heard of all these fox players who get hurting hands so maybe this whole time i'm like programming myself to be ready because the way that at least in the book it describes it, your body and your brain are like very smart And they will do whatever makes sense. And so it makes sense that if I grind this game a lot and do these very technical things, that it's going to start hurting because it's like, oh, my hands just can't handle it. So mm-hmm. that's where it started. And then it just got worse with Mario. Like, I wonder if I never played Melee, if I would have ran into this. But I'm kind of glad that I did. Like, at the time, I was like, this is the worst thing that ever happened. But there's always there's always a reason, I think. Curse and a blessing. So when you, like, now have all... I, I I know this maybe is long a long point, but I wanted to finish it off nice. So do you think if you would have like if you have all the knowledge you have today, do you think you could have avoided it back then? And for like anybody else who has also hand issues, what could they could you recommend them so they will never like suffer through the way you suffered it? If you understand my question here? Yeah, yeah. So if I had if I knew what I knew now back then, yeah, I don't think I would have had to take a break. I probably but I also I don't know if I would have been as open to the idea after having, you know. Here my Discord crashed, so the episode interrupted for a little bit. But um, we tried our best to cap the to keep the conversation going. So I hope that's fine for you. I told you we had some PC issues during that recording. Okay, um, I think if you if you still remember what I asked, I think you can just start there, and I will cut it nicely together. Yeah. So I was saying, once you have enough pain, you know, you'll do anything. And you'll try everything. And so I think if I didn't have to go through all that stuff, then I probably wouldn't have been, you know, I probably wouldn't have been as open to it or like, yeah, pretty much that. So I think I would have still fallen into it maybe a little bit. But for people who have stuff now, um, I mean, if you're open to that idea or you've been dealing with it for a long time and you've tried other stuff, then I would definitely recommend reading the book. I've had multiple people come in my chat And say, oh, I, I saw your video, I read the book, and like my hand, like my pain, like people have had back pain and stuff. They're like, my pain is pretty much gone. Like, mm-hmm. this is this is crazy. And it's just like, it's a cool moment to share with someone because it's something that I think you can only truly understand when you've gone through it. Like, I literally felt like I was God or something. I was calling people and being like, yo, I just did this. Like, I just healed my hands with my with my brain. And people were telling me to shut up because I kept, I, I had a couple buddies and like, I just kept saying, I no longer have pain because I use my brain. Like I just yeah, it sounds it stuff. sounds weird at first, but but I love yeah, the story. Just... You can probably send me the book link after this 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 recording, so I can put it into the description of the episode. Sure. Okay, we will do that. So you hear it, everybody. If you have hand pain, then there's a nice link for you in the description at the end of this. <laughs> okay, I think uh, is there anything you want to say to this point more, or or do we think we are done here with the hand pain issues? Uh, I guess the last thing is like, I definitely don't want to be like, uh, you know, can I swear on this podcast? Uh, it's okay. 
I don't want to be like fuck doctors or anything like that. I, I still I think that like it can come off that way, like oh they don't know what they're talking about. Oh you because some I they were like you need surgery and stuff like that, but um for some things I think it's definitely worth looking into because the I as I've grown more I've realized like just how connected mind mind and body really are. So I don't know, it just makes sense, but yeah, that's about it. I I like that. I like that, yeah. Appro approaching things with, like, subconscious mind is, like, I think it's so important in every aspect of the life, but so, many, so less people are, like, willing to accept that fact. That's, like, really yeah. sad. Um, okay, one thing where, like, we, we already... No, we, we didn't touch the really, but speedrunning and eSport, it's, like, back then when GSA started to become a thing, like, there was a lot of talking about that topic, and, mm -hmm. like, you are one of the members of gsa as far as i know or like you have a lot to do with them can i can i say that um not as much these days but yeah like for the first year i was pretty much pretty much very hands-on with gsa but now I've, i've taken quite a big step back i still do commentary very mm -hmm. sparingly but yeah i'm just kind of chilling okay so what what was like your like why did you started to do this and like what was your motivation what is your personal take on speedrunning and esport and what do you think should the future of speedrunning esports should look like if you can like really say something about that yeah so the typical format we've been seeing is tournaments where people just go 1v1 to do like best of threes and such and those are all right um but sometimes you just know it's over for a long time and it's like why am i even watching this like sometimes there can be turnarounds but the thing is these are like top players so it's pretty rare for people to be messing up and so There's a lot of just, you see the same thing over and over and over again. It's not like Smash or whatever, where it's very dynamic. You mm -hmm. know, people have like a personality with their play style. Everybody's kind of just doing the same thing. Um, some people have a, a little bit, but, you know, I, I stuck with it for a good year. And I just, I'm not, I'm not like super into it. Like it's, it's all right. I mean, I host tournaments myself, but I also, With those, I have a lot more freedom to just say dumb things, and I'm not really talking about the race that much. I'm I'm usually just like bullshitting with the chat or whatever, because like it it just gets boring sometimes. Like the race is just not interesting. Like especially if somebody loses like two minutes at the beginning, it's like, yeah, do you really want me to talk about this race? Like it matters. No, I'm just gonna talk some garbage. So, um, I still think that there is something there, and I'm not quite sure what it looks like, but I. You know, break the record happened recently, and there's been some bounties cropping up. And mm. the bounties are are definitely pretty hype. I think that it's cool because a bounty, it's not like this corporation is running the show, and then these people come on, but they don't really get much out. The cool thing about a bounty, and what I personally experienced with the Mario 64 120 star bounty, is people are interested in the grind. Like they want to see how that looks, and so. I had a lot of new viewers coming in and people watching just to see, you know, what happens, like who's going to get it. And so I think the people who are running get a lot more exposure to their channels and obviously like a chance at, at some bones. So I think bounties are pretty cool. Break the record was awesome. Yeah. That was like one of the coolest things I've ever been a part of. I really liked that. And so if competitive speed running is going to work, I think it's going to be something along those lines. And if that's how it is, I don't know if there's like a way to really, I don't know. I don't know what it's going to look like, but GSA still is still going, of course, and they're making it work, and they definitely have some hype matches. But uh, yeah, I don't know if tournaments are the 
but the end be all. I think there's a lot that you can play with. I mean, speedrunning itself is very arbitrary and mm-hmm. very, um, you know, you can take stuff in, put stuff out, whatever, try different things, different orders. And so I think there's something there. Yeah, I, I especially like I loved uh, GSA um, break the rec- um, yeah no ESA break the record um, yeah. because it was like um, the best thing about it was like the commentary of the like weekend. I I really loved it that it goes like in deep on some streamers and that you can like you had like a specific time window each day where you can like do your runs right and you had like one race in yeah. the morning. That was like really cool and the best thing about this entire bounty, in my opinion, was that like. Yeah, you could see like so many people grinding. Like I, I sometimes watched your stream or cheese stream. It was like was like really cool how all these people got back into you know this grinding mentality because I think um, when you really try to to break a new record, you have to approach speedrunning in in a different way if you just want to do it for fun or for like basic improvement. If if you if you understand what I mean, yeah. uh, it was like really really cool to see. And I think yeah, it gives mo- much more exposure to to speedrunning. So would you think um, that is like that competitive speedrunning should or will become um, a part project of what speedrunning is today. Like aside uh, marathons, marathons like charity marathons like GDQ. Do you think that, um, or do you hope that esports and competitiveness like these bounties will be like that? These two things like will be fifty fifty of the speedrunning exposure, like the big speedrunning exposure. Like what what are your thoughts on that future? Yeah, I think I mean in an ideal world. Um, part of the problem is like you need to grind a lot in order to get to a point where you can like push these times and not everyone has that much time especially if you're not making any money off of it and I'm very fortunate very lucky to have the following that I do and the ability to grind as much as I want because people will watch and people will support the stream but like if you want to if you want to get a bounty and stuff like that and you don't have that support it's harder to uh, rationalize it especially if the, the bounty money isn't that crazy. So I think for it to, to really work, it would need to be like a consistent thing. And I, I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen, but mm-hmm. I think the occasional bounties are really cool and realistic. Like I, EasyScape just tweeted out that he got a sponsor. Yeah, I, I saw that too. some money to brand like stuff, bounties, cat, weird categories is what it sounds like he's looking for. So yeah, I think... I think, um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I forget exactly what the question was. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Um, one thing also, TGH. For one thing, TGH said um, in his tweet was um, he's not a, like he's he likes the idea of bounties, but he said from a runner perspective, those are really stressful, and they are like they can ruin the fun of speedrunning. What is your take on that? Um, wait, are we able to be heard? I see. Yeah, I, I see that too. Oh, never mind. We're good. Okay. Um, TGH <laughs> mentions that bounties take the fun out of speed running. I had never been in a bounty in the, in the deep of it, um, if you will. And so I didn't really know how to tackle it. And so for me, it definitely was a matter of like, this, this is affected me mentally it's 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 like you feel guilty if you're not playing and you're not grinding but when you have to do when it's like 
the first person to get a 138 is going to get $5,000. Then it's like, you want to spend all the time you can grinding for that because, like, I know I can do it. I know all these guys can do it. And so it's constantly on your mind, this competition, in order to get a 138. It weighs on you. And I was definitely starting to go crazy, and I, I can sympathize with the, like, losing its fun value because you feel like you're playing when you don't even want to. It's like mm-hmm. the game is playing you. You aren't really playing the game anymore. But I don't think that that's a by- – I don't think that that's completely the bounty's fault. I think it's partially it, but I think it's actually more on the individual. And um, near the end of the bounty, I started taking a break and started doing, like, all signs. <laughs> And then I was having more fun. Like I was having way more fun and I was playing better. Like it's, it, you don't need to put raw hours in to play good at all. Like, in fact, sometimes taking a break and sometimes playing less is actually better for you. I think. Yeah. I think uh, if you want me to, I can actually read out a tweet. I just got it to you. Like he says, hot take. We don't need more bounties. Take it from, take it from someone who's been racing Celeste and competing for cash prices for the last year. And a half money has a motivator for self-improvement and lowering a time can lowering a time can and will lead to burnouts for some people. I'm all for money in compet- competitions slash tournaments as prizes, don't get me wrong, but something about this type of reward for setting a benchmark time or achieving a goal, something that's normally made special by the inst by the inst Oh god, I can't read English, I'm sorry. Intrin in sick I don't know that word. Motivations for to achieve it rubs me a very wrong way. I don't know. Like yeah, I think you said it already that it I think you have to you have to 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 understand yourself better like do I do I really want to do this for fun or just for the money and you have to balance that really well I believe. But maybe you you can say a little bit better. I know I read this like very terrible. It you probably didn't understand anything. Yeah, I think the no, you're good. You got it pretty much. The word is intrinsic. I guess intrinsic just means like internal, like deep value or something. I guess ah, okay. like just intertwined with. But um, yeah. I mean, if your if your motivation wasn't there in the first place, then you're probably gonna hit a burnout. And as we saw from the 120 star bounty, I mean, the only people who are still running is like myself and Liam and Punk is now getting back into it. But at the time it was like Tego and Tego stopped for hand reasons. Tego was actually still grinding afterwards. Cheese, uh, Punk a a little bit, Paracusia. And uh, it's definitely like, I've, I've, I've thought about burnout more and more as I've played more because I myself worry about that, you know, like as a speedrunner, will I be able to do this for months or am I going to burn out? And I think I've come to the conclusion that burnout is just like a byproduct of a poor mindset and, or it's just like, it's a byproduct of pushing yourself beyond what you actually want to do mm-hmm. or what you actually want out of the game. So like if you, all you wanted was a 139 and like you actually don't really care about getting a 138, then you're going to burn out grinding for a 138 because you don't actually care that much about it. Like you're like, yeah, you know, I'm happy with this time. I think I'm good to stop here. And then those are the points where it's not a burnout. It's like you're taking a break and then maybe you'll come back later and grind again type thing. Okay. Yeah. Before before I want to move on to the mindset aspect, because we, we mentioned so often how important mindset is. Um, do you think like in general, and you partly I answered it already, but do you think putting money into speedrunning will or has the potential to really ruin this hobby? And how can we like 
how do you think should we approach that in general? Like to just sum it up here, because a lot of people say, yeah, when you put money into it, then people don't do it because for the community or because they want to improve the game, they just do it for money. And it's like kind of, you know, ruin ruining the spirit of the community at that point. That's what some people are scared of. I think you, you remember that Oddbot twit longer or anything like that. Uh, I don't know if I saw that. Okay. But it was like in the beginning of GSA, he said like, I don't want to support this and money is like going to ruin speedrunning and like oh, yeah, I think I remember that. cheaters and, and, you know, splicing and all that stuff. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the spirit of speedrunning has always been like a very self-improvement type thing. It's never really been about the money or the viewers. Like, there's plenty of people grinding world records, grinding the same stuff, and getting no recognition whatsoever just because of the pure love of the game. And so I don't think that's going to change at all with bounties. Um, but I think the bounties might get more people involved that otherwise would not be. And maybe initially they're involved because they're like, oh, money might be cool, but then they discover actually that they have a deep love for the game. I, I just know that when you're going for money and, and that's your motivation, it's never going to work. Like it's never going to be something that will last long. And mm -hmm. I think there will always like speed. The reason speedrunning has stuck around and people keep doing it and are so fascinated by it is because it's like a very deeply satisfying journey. You know, if you like the game and, and you like how it feels and you like the improvement, like you're going to have a good time. And Trying to figure out how to balance money and stuff like that is just another skill that I think you'll need to have. You know, it's like you get blinded by the money and you kind of forget what you were doing in the first place. And mm -hmm. that's just it's just part of the process, part of learning how to navigate. It's like a new obstacle adds a little bit more uh, dynamics. I love how you said that. Okay, uh, we we said a lot about mindset. How like a poor mindset can make you burn out in speedrunning, and let's let's talk about that. Like, what? How can we describe at in, at in the first place mindset and speedrunning? Like, what is the interaction between these two, basically? So, for a while, I thought speedrunning was very unique, and it's like not like anything else. But I've now realized that it's basically the same thing as anything else. It's like a sports, like tennis or or anything, where you you're doing the same stuff over and over. Um, mindset is 100% crucial in order to keep your keep yourself calm and keep yourself focused because if you like you're gonna have thoughts that come in your head and if you're playing good these thoughts can like poison the well so to speak and the same thing can happen if you're playing bad and so when you have uh, a poor mindset, I guess. It's like when you're when you start doing good and you start having good runs, you start to kind of take it for granted and forget like what got you there in the first place. And usually, it's just like a good, strong level of focus and humility. And if you develop like some sort of ego where you're you're like, oh man, these runs are so easy. Like I'm just churning these out. The next thing you know, you're gonna fall, you're gonna fall down from grace, and you're gonna have a very rude awakening where all of a sudden. Now you now you're playing like garbage and you're like, man, I don't know, can I even play this game anymore? Am I burning out? And then you you're just basically I mean Punke has said it, it's like you don't want to think because the thoughts are just going to take away from the experience. Like really the the best way to play and, and to do anything really is to just just do that and nothing else. Like just focus on the game and not really think about too much 
you know, because obviously you have the skill, obviously you've had good runs before. Mm-hmm. So what what's different? It's whatever's going on in your head. So so what you're saying because you said not don't think you you mean it in don't think during a run, but still think afterwards or before that about your speed runs, right? Um, I think it's good to reflect. I try to like reflect as I'm playing, so mm-hmm. I kind of try to keep like it's like while I'm playing, I'm like trying to zoom out to watch what's going on in my head because I find it interesting to see like if I do reset or if I make a mistake, was I actually focusing or was I was I kind of lost in my head? And a lot of the times I was lost in my head, like just thinking about stupid things. Mm. thinking about oh man will this be world record or oh man i'm hungry like you'll just have all these different thoughts that you need to learn how to um you know i I don't know if suppress is the word but it's more like just tune back into the game you know notice that you have the thought but let it go yeah i think that's like so so weird about speedrunning for me sometimes when like you have days where you are so close to your pb or actually pb so often but then you like one thing goes off and you do like one mistake in one room or in one area of the game and for the next like 10 20 runs you keep doing this mistake for whatever reasons like so momentum based that you once you mess up something it's so difficult to get back into your own rhythm and i think that comes because you are you have a hard time focusing yourself like you have a hard and here my pc crashed completely like i got a blue screen in the middle of a stream i never had that before was really awkward. So after rebooting my PC for like 10 minutes, we I got back to into a call with Simply and we tried our best to finish off the episode. It was at the very end, like only a few more minutes were to come. Um, so I hope the, the episode is still good for you from here on out. And uh, yeah, enjoy the rest of it. So yeah, I think I, we start right now here, by the way. <laughs> I should have said All that. Right. Um, so yeah, I think uh, one thing that's like really interesting about speedrunning is that it's like so it's so easy to mess up and keep keep being stuck in that mess up loop. That's that's how like I had to call it. I had like some rooms in Celeste, I speedrun Celeste, um, where I never had a mistake for since ever I speedrun the game. I still use the same strategy because it's like the most optimal, simple strategy to use there. And at some point, I started to do once a mistake there, and ever since then, like, it's a 50-50 if I get the strat now or not. And that's, like, super weird and strange. And I think it all comes down to how much you can focus on the run and how much, like, how how good you are at understanding what go- what's going wrong and how good you can focus again on it. So, yeah, I think I think you said it really good. Um, one other thing I really... I see a lot in my streams, for example. A lot of my viewers have that kind of mindset. They look at their PBs and achievements in, I want to say, in a negative way. Like, they say, oh, it's not good enough. Oh, this run sucks. Even though it's, like, their best run ever, they still say it sucks. And they always argue it with because they want to do a better run. And I feel like that's, like, not, like, the. I don't know if it works for you, it works for you, but it's not the most ideal way. So what's your, like, take on that, like? seeing your pbs at bad so it's like a motivation for like they argued it with oh my run sucks but that makes me motivated that i still want to improve you, do you get what i mean by that yeah yeah it's it's very commonplace in the speedrunning community to say this run sucks like liam just got 120 star world record and by the end of the speech he's like man this run just sucks it just it's just garbage and like obviously it's not the case you know, yeah everyone has their own standards and 
typically it's like I think it's just prolonged periods of not getting a PB. You're still improving at the game. So then what used to be or what would have been an okay PB a couple months ago that you haven't gotten yet is now garbage. So now you're just resetting runs that could PB because you don't want like a small PB. And I mean, that's, that's fine if that's how you want to play, but mm-hmm. I've been trying to adjust a little bit more in order to go for those one second PBs. I've always been a big fan of those because it's just like, it's proof that you can do it. You can clutch it out and you can do better than that. And it also kind of resets your perspective. You know, if you, if you reset a lot of runs and you don't get very deep into the run very often, you actually do start to distort your perspective on how good your run actually is. And you're like, Oh no, I need, I need this good of a time when really you don't, you could be like way behind and still PB, but you don't really know because you haven't taken them that far. I think, I think that's like a common thing. And I personally um, dislike, resets in like most games i think resets are not as much needed as people abuse them like games like celeste for example like if you die in in the early chapters there's like one or two seconds of a death if even if you're five or four seconds ahead uh, behind after the first few chapters you can still like easily pb there because there's so much time in the late game and like i don't know in sm64 probably if you do like minor movement loss as losses in the early game you can probably still pb because late game is like there's so much to hold to get out of it and I think that's like one thing, this entire reset mentality that I try to as hard to avoid it. It's not avoidable in every game, but I see a lot of people reset way too often. And I don't know, yeah. it's, it's no good. It's no good. Like speedrunners tend to try to be too perfect and it's like ruining them. Yeah, it's a lot easier to get upset and start getting into like a negative thought loop when you're resetting way more than if you're taking runs that may not be the best runs ever, but like you're getting to see more of the game. Yeah. Like it's a time that just goes by way faster if you're getting runs deep than if you're just resetting in like the first 20 minutes. Yeah. I always find like for me personally, when I, when I reset after like in the early game so often, I personally like stop enjoying speedrunning so much. Like if I just do full runs, like, it takes me maybe 20 30 40 50 attempts to get like a good run going but at least i'm enjoying my time and if i just reset in the same amount of times every of my run that's like that much behind i would like after maybe an hour or two i would just stop resetting because it's like so fucking boring for me um okay um one thing i think i don't know if it's if it's able to to if you are able to say that but what would be like the ideal mindset and how you how you get to this point like not only in a run because like mindset in a run is really important but what is like ideal for you when for example you practice how much importance should you put into this and what what should your approach be and how do you figure out what's like really good for you um i know it's like a fucking weird question to answer and really complex but uh, if you could try to talk about this then we would have a nice finish for the episode yeah, I think the ideal way to look at it all is you really want to give your 100%. I feel like when you start half-assing anything, it's just not as fun or engaging, and you're also just not going to see the results that you're looking for. So just actually giving your 100%, um, accepting and realizing that this game is hard, that this challenge is worth going for, and it's not going to be easy, but it is going to be fulfilling. And keeping your head up, especially, just don't beat yourself up. 
you you realize that you're going to reset. You're going to, you know, don't get attached to runs, stay focused. That's pretty much, if you can keep that mindset, that's uh, what I would say is pretty much the ideal mindset for speed running. Okay. Well, um, then that's a beautiful episode. We will stop now the official recording. So thank you for all the podcast listeners here at this point. That was simply and me talking about mindset, hand pain and, and all kinds of speedrun things. So thank you all for listening and goodbye now. Goodbye. Yo, I really hope you enjoyed this episode despite the odds of like my PC crashing. It was really, really nice. We had a lot of viewers actually live on Twitch. So a little reminder, if you want to see these live or want to ask personal questions to the streamer or questions you're interested in, if you have any struggle with speedruns or you want any tips from my guests or me, then uh, come to my stream. We do we do stream the podcast recordings over there and we also like i also speedrun and play kaizo mario over there so if you want to talk about anything regarding speedrunning or improving in a video game I, i'm always there to help you guys so i think that was like a really really good episode i hope you liked it i try my hardest to get another episode out next week but um i'm a little unsure if this is going to happen i i'm a little low on guests to to record with so yeah um, hope that's not too bad if there's no episode for you next week, but I will try my hardest to keep this podcast running. Thank you for all your support and see you, see you hopefully next week or in one of my streams. Bye.